Springfield's Talk 104.1. My name is Nick Reed. We've got Heroes Breakfast coming up this Friday. Scramblers. Air services, heating, cooling, plumbing, electrical, delta roofing, serenity honors, all sponsors of our Heroes Breakfast. So if you are a veteran, you come out, you're going to get uh, breakfast for free. It's pretty simple as that. If you've not been out there before and joined us, we'll be at the table there broadcasting live and we'll have the little coupon deals for you to come up and grab and Sarah will hand it to you or I'll hand it to you. Just feel free to grab one. We trust you. And then you'll give that to your server and you'll be all set up from there. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump straight over to Jason Rima so we can get to Darren Chappell who's in studio with us. Uh, sooner than later. Here is Jason Reimer with the latest news. Two men charged with felony counts of abusing students at a private Christian boarding school near Stockton have pleaded guilty to misdemeanors. The case against a third employee has been dropped. 46-year-old Scott Dumar, the medical coordinator at Agape Boarding School, pleaded guilty to two misdemeanors and was placed on two years probation. 40-year-old Everett Graves pleaded guilty to one misdemeanor and the case against Chris McElroy was dropped when the victim did not show up for the hearing. A new Whataburger restaurant opening for the first time today in Republic. George Lawson reports. It'll have drive through service only. More service options, including dining room access, will be available in the next few weeks. The restaurant is located at 1371 U.S. Highway 60 in Republic. And Whataburger is planning two more locations in Springfield and one in Ozark. Republic police have planned for the expected traffic slowdowns there. There will be one-way access in and out of that Whataburger location. A St. Louis judge will not sanction the city's top prosecutor after Missouri's attorney general accused her of concealing evidence in her effort to overturn the conviction of Lamar Johnson, who spent nearly three decades in prison for a murder he says he did not commit. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk 104.1. First alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks. Home improvements, cloudy, patchy fog, high today of 45. Tonight, patchy fog, 40% chance of showers and storms down to 41. Showers and storms tomorrow, 56. Wednesday, sunny, 51. Darren Chapel. Hey. How you doing? All right, how are you? So are you sorry yet? <laughs> I I I know I know uh it's it's going to be difficult there um we were of course we did orientation 2 weeks ago and some of my classmates they they always say the same thing there are no stupid questions but as someone who taught at the university for yes, several years are. i know there, there are, are really uh dumb questions <laughs> and uh so anyway <laughs> we had a couple of them that they just never saw silence they couldn't obliterate and um asking questions you know yeah i get that but if it's a cloudy tuesday is that still the rule yes that's still the rule um uh, do you get the sense that some folks ask questions that they think will make them sound smart. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's what's going yeah. on. They're 100%. And, um, and it just drives me nuts. And it, it was really bothering me. And I couldn't figure out why it bothered me so much because you deal with people sure. all the time. Uh, and then uh, Thursday night, it occurred to me uh, the reason why that was bothering me was because it was a preview of the next several <laughs> years of my committee hearing meetings and uh, crying out loud. I just I can't I can't handle that. I've often thought of the the great frustration that must exist, and I, I was reflecting on it in the U.S. Senate last week, where you have people like Fetterman and and some of these, and, and not just I use him as an example because he's 
more extreme example, but even just some of those that lack any sort of intellectual approach whatsoever. And then you have others that I feel do have an intellectual approach. I think of somebody like Rand Paul, for example, and there are others. Mm -hmm. And just how almost crestfallen I think at times they must be uh, thinking this is what our U.S. Senate is today. <laughs> these are these are my colleagues. I mean, it lacks any sort of of ability to have real intellectual conversations and you're intellectual and you take an intellectual approach. And so I imagine that it probably <laughs> is beyond frustrating. Yeah, an upperclassman told us that the first several months after he was elected, he just looked around the beauty of the Capitol and the whole process. So what a shame. No, and he said, he said, you know, I, I just was wondering, how how did I get here? Yeah. He said, and then you, after a while you look around the room and he's like, well, how did you get here? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's not, you could hear a conversation like this and think, oh, well, don't they think they're so smart? It doesn't even have anything to do with intelligence. It's the approach. It's the, the willingness to think about things and to have conversations not emotionally driven stereotypes. So so one of the very best conversations that I had was completely by accident. Uh, I was sitting alone at a table in the hotel lobby. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> Did it flashbacks to middle school? <laughs> you know what? I'm just, I just idle on grouchy, so it does not bother me a bit. But at any rate, here comes a guy uh, and, and one of my classmates, a Democrat, and then another at the end of the deal, it's me and five Democrats, mm -hmm. and we're talking and uh, just about various issues. And they were they were they were curious mm -hmm. about why someone would be a conservative. Mm -hmm. And well, good. Yeah. And so I gave them my you know, here's mm -hmm. the real definition of conservatism elevator speech, you know, 10,000 years of human history, the whole works. And it's not just pro-gun and not just pro-life and not just uh, uh, pro-God. Uh, it's it. All those are true, but those are symptoms, not the definition. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the deal, one of them was just nuts. But at the end of the deal, the rest of them were, I mean, they were agreeing. Sure. And and so when it was time to, to quit, I was tired and had to go to bed. I, I said, listen, here's the deal. All of us have more in common with each other than either one of us do with our representatives in the National Party. We're all from Missouri. We all work. We all have families. And, um, you know, the reality of it is, is that we're not going to agree on certain things. And principles matter. And I'm not giving up on mine. I wouldn't expect you to give up on yours. But. We can make a lot of sandwiches out of 80% of a loaf of bread. We ought to work together on the things that we can agree on and not let just simple party designations divide us. Well, they were all in favor. Of course, the, right. the party hadn't got a hold of them yet. Sure. But I was impressed with how reasonable so many of uh, the Democrats were. Um and we'll see what happens. And, but... and you know, in one, uh, you had to throw a bread reference in there, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, secondly, I, it, it is, Chilicata. it is yeah. for those that didn't yeah, get I know. that I, reference. I, yeah. I was thinking, should I, or should I just let people who do get the reference no, feel very no. exclusive? Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, now, people for, from there listen to this. I oh, hope you okay. understand. Oh, excellent. All right. Well, very good. But it, it is, it's a cliche and I think social media, we've got to take a break here, but just 
this thought you talk about how you, know, you sit down and oh, we actually can sit down and have these conversations. And I think one of the reasons that does not happen as often or people think that they can't is because the opinions that they hear from the other side are usually rants on social media. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have that human component to it. So people with different ideas and perspectives, they become a caricature. And oftentimes they they don't recognize that the things that they're saying are about real people. And so they'll say horrible, awful things like racist and homophobe and things right. that, are, that couldn't be further from the truth. And it makes one much less likely to recognize, oh, this person is somebody I could sit down and have a conversation with. Uh, but when you do get to that point, it's actually sometimes very pleasant. Yeah. When I studied formal debate when I was uh, going through school, um, my instructor told me something that has stuck with me ever since. Um, he said, when you enter into debate, you always have to have the confidence that the other man is wrong mm-hmm. and the humility to recognize that today you just might be the other man. Mm, I like that. That's yeah. nice. And so I think, I think if people, I think if we would sit down and, and talk rationally, leave emotion at the door, we get a lot more done. The problem is a lot of people... Simply either cannot or will not do that on both sides of the aisle, by the way. More with Darren Chappell. We're going to get a traffic update. Continue on here. The American Transmissions Talk and Text Line 447-KSGF. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. All our building company, O-L-L-E-R. These are the folks, if you don't like to do the remodeling of a home, so often we buy a home, we check it out. Well, first thing we got to do is uh, we're going to taint, change all the paint color. Uh, then we're going to knock out this wall over here. The, the fixtures are outdated. With Aller Building Company, you uh, do all of that from the very outset. They've got the showroom floor. It's brand new. You go, you pick all of all of those uh, color schemes out, the countertops, the fixtures, and so forth. Uh, in fact, they have uh, open now the Woodcrest Development in Ozark coming up in spring, uh, Golden and Weaver. It's the Woodvale uh, subdivision. And this is, again, for folks that uh, maybe need to buy a new home, getting bigger, getting smaller, whatever the reason may be, but you just don't want to buy a home that has been it's going to need any sort of remodeling, and Aller Building Company is for you. Darren Chappell's with us, and we're talking about uh, you've, you've gone through orientation. How long is that? Is that boring? Oh, is for it... crying out loud. It's like watching paint dry. I, I, um, I suppose it's a lot about procedures. And... You know, it was <clears> – there was a lot of that, but, I mean, there were legal – Issues that okay. you have to go through. Uh, they they did talk a little bit about the budget, which I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was dying at that sure. point, but I thought it was great. Um, and, you know, it was just a lot of just, here's how this works, here's how that works, you know, please do this, please don't do that. And 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 it, it was it was great just mm-hmm. because you get to be a part of the process. Anytime mm-hmm. something is beginning to just kind of suck, I, I just remember... Man, what a privilege that I'm able to be here because a lot of people can't, and uh, it, it, it really it really puts things into perspective. Years ago, a long while back, I used to have these tapes. Uh, they were CPAC audio from CPAC events, and there were a couple that had Newt Gingrich speaking, and I remember enjoying uh, listening to those. And uh, one of the things that he had talked about was whenever he first got elected mm-hmm. and 
it's a different situation than we have in Missouri where Democrats had had control of Congress for ever and a day. And he said he was, from the onset, all of the freshmen were told, hey, here's how it is. Don't, you know, we aren't in power. We're not going to be in power. So I know you think this is going to happen and that's going to happen, but we're here to let you know this is how it's going to work. Um, obviously, Republicans have power in Jeff City. Um, but is, have you come across that? Is there sort of, hey, just so you know, we know you guys think you're coming in and you're going to do all this great stuff, but be prepared. Yeah. That's not how it works. Yeah. And it's not how it works to a certain degree. Right. Because, because you'll have, you know, there'll be... Um, you know, thousands of bills mm-hmm. filed and the Missouri state constitution dictates that all bills get referred to a committee, but a bunch of them are going to be referred on the last day <laughs> where sure. they have no chance whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so people, and, and you also have to understand there's 163 state representatives and a bunch of people feel like they have to do something to justify their existence mm-hmm. to the folks back oh, home. Oh, sure. We don't need 163 new laws this year. That, that does not need to happen. It's always a bragging point for many lawmakers. Look at all of the things that I sponsored. Look at all of these bills. And generally, they're not they, – they expand government. It's larger yeah. government. It's not the other way around. Well, I'm, I'm look, I have not filed yet anything. But I'm working on four different pieces of legislation, and every single one of them restricts government. What are they? Well, I, I'm I'm looking at property taxes. Oh yes, I'm looking at what uh, about them? <laughs> you're just going to get me in trouble right off the bat. <laughs> well, I understand uh, <laughs> if they're still crafting, but well, I, I, I'm just against them. So. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, so everybody focuses on personal property mm-hmm. taxes because that's the one you have to write a check for. Yes, which I totally get. Mm-hmm. I, I hate them too, but it's the real property taxes that are mm-hmm. the most insidious. Because not only do you pay yours, but if you don't own property and you rent, you pay your landlords. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you go to the gas station and you fill up your tank, you're paying the gas station's mm-hmm. property taxes. You get it, you pay for it when you get your groceries, your clothing, your school supplies. There's nothing you spend money on that you're not paying for someone's real property taxes. And so the idea that we have the assessor's office, and our assessor in Greene County is great, just doing his job. Right. However, every year there's an automatic increase yeah. in in the amount that you owe on real property taxes all across the board simply because of the formula that's put into place. And we never question it because we don't have to write the check at the yeah. end of the year like we do uh, private property. Well, <clears throat> so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the possibility. This is still sure. in, the, in the infancy stage. What if... What if you buy a piece of property, a house or whatever, and it's assessed at that level, and then it does not change for as long as you own it? And it, and then when you, you sell it, somebody else mm-hmm. buys it, there will be a jump sure, because of the valuation. Sure. But see, the thing about it is if we say your house is more valuable this year than it was last year, that's an unrealized gain. We don't. We don't tax unrealized gains in this country, but we do on mm-hmm. property taxes. So, yeah, theoretically, your house is worth more, so you pay right. more in taxes. But if you didn't sell it, mm-hmm. what if you miss the what if you miss the up and you you catch the the low? Well, then you paid taxes on an unrealized gain that you never saw 
because you sold at the wrong time. So all all those all those issues, uh, it would it would allow for individuals who are like seniors who are able who may be on fixed income veterans. I have moral objections to someone who fought in Vietnam or Korea losing their home on the courthouse steps. Mm-hmm. And and um, there's just so many things about it that that I find objectionable. So I'm still in the works on that. I also want to do uh, criminal justice reform, specifically truth in sentencing. Okay. Because um, right now, part of the problem that we have in this state is our state prisons have a revolving door. They just kick them out as quick as they can. Uh, that ought not be the case. Um, uh, and uh, you know. I'm also I'm also looking at I was encouraged by the Speaker of the House to write a bill that would take Missouri from a annual to a biannual budget so that okay. every other year we write the budget. Uh, it would cut down on the amount of legislation that we would see um, and it would allow us to focus on policy in the alternate years mm. and uh, focus on budget. Um, Where will the pushback? Where will that come from? Do you suspect? Oh, it'll be from people who like department heads. Yeah, and, uh, and we've never done it that way. Oh, sure, garbage, of course. <laughs> you know, which which is the dumbest reason. I it's one of them anything, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, um, when I was I'd, I'd I'd take over a city, I'd be hired and take over a city, and my department heads would say, "We've never done, we've always done mm-hmm. it this way." And I'm like, "Yeah, I know. They hired me to get you to quit it. You right? Know, that's that's the whole point." Um, so th- th- there's very few things that I'm really focused on, but, um, uh, what it is, every single one of them, every one of them is to restrict government in some way. I like that. More with Darren Chappell. We'll go take a uh, quick break. We've got a traffic update as well. Uh, American Transmissions, talk and text line 447-KSGF. I'm Nick Reed. Hear about it. Hear about I, I know it. I'm beating a dead horse here. Talk about it. Talk about but it. the hypocrisy and the double standards kind of unreal. On Springfield's Talk 1041. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Darren Chappell with his couple of text messages. Coming in, uh, noting Darren is not my representative, but let him know I'll be praying for him. That's very kind. And then another, which I have felt this way for a very long time. If more people had to cut checks like most self-employed individuals do, more taxpayers would fuss and realize uh, just how much they pay in taxes. Amazing how many focus on how much they get back. I always equate it to somebody robs your home. You come home one day, and all your electronics are, are gone. And then uh, the thief, a couple months later, comes back like, you know what? Here's your DVD player back. Right. And then you're getting excited like, I got a DVD player. This yeah. is awesome. <laughs> now, that was yours to begin with. I'm uh, totally stealing that analogy. I, I mean, it's true, though. <laughs> and I have I, – I know why they – it's for a number of reasons. But if people at the end of the month had to pay, write a check – to the IRS or electronic pay, like they do their utilities, the garbage, uh, mm-hmm. the phone bill. Then when there would be talk about increasing taxes and people you know, telling people well, Americans don't pay their fair share, I suspect that their mentality would be a little different. That's why, um, that's why I am such a proponent of the fair tax because mm-hmm. it's the, the most transparent tax there is. And, and it, Oh, there's so many good benefits to it, um, that, but that's a whole topic. My v- version of fair tax 
on income is zero. <laughs> no, hundred percent. I would love to see. I'm pretty radical. Nothing but a mm-hmm. a singular yeah. sales tax that is collected at the point of sale, and uh, you can have a prebate so that those who are impoverished are 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 you know they're mm-hmm. not paying taxes on baby food, you know right. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you Nick, when you go buy your next. 80 foot yacht mm-hmm, um mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you'd pay your fair share and it would be right there on the ticket how much you're paying uh you could do away with the entire department of revenue you just set a laptop on a desk and then lock yeah. the door don't let anybody mess with it i mean it, it there's so much benefit to it but uh oh we've never done it that way so i want to <laughs> talk yeah i know uh darren chapel with us we're gonna get a traffic update uh, one of the things I want to talk about is your thoughts on Missouri as a whole. We, I, I, my sense is that we are very middle of the road when it comes to the implementation of what the Republican Party platform is uh, regarding lower taxes, smaller government. Uh, I, I've come to determine that a, a great way to tell if your government truly is or conservative does the rest of the country know about it florida would be a great example of this how do we know that ron DeSantis is more conservative than other governors well because everyone hates him that's not a report you know what i mean i mean everyone in the country knows the name ron DeSantis, and there are a few others in and missouri i it just it, it seems to fall in the middle constantly and just sort of this uh I feel like there's a lot of lip service, so I want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, coming up here with Darren Chapel, Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart. The first alert forecast: cloudy, patchy fog today, a high of 45. Patchy fog, 40% chance of showers and storms tonight, low of 41. Showers and storms tomorrow, 56. Wednesday, sunny, high of 51. Darren Chappell with us. We're run by Republicans. We have been for some time, super majorities. Uh, I've noticed that in areas where Republicans don't have to worry about losing, they oftentimes veer themselves to the left just a bit yeah. uh, growing up i would attend different events and listen to speakers that were republicans talking about the positive uh, benefits to having very low income tax for example and they would point to republican states tennessee florida texas that had no income tax and oftentimes some of these people were from states like missouri that they have power and i'm like well then why don't you do that what you know yeah. it's on one hand they, they out there oh and they just talk about look how great things are there and there and so forth and zero income tax and then they'll pass you know a one-tenth of one percent uh income tax under certain circumstances and then they hail it as the single largest income tax ever in the history of missouri as if they've done something phenomenal yeah it it uh it, it, lukewarm is is the term that comes to mind well, you know, it's a scary thing. Um, now, in my career as city man- uh, manager, city administrator, um, I have never once in the entirety of it ever advocated for a tax increase, not one time. And I've never had a budget in the red. 
And uh, there are times I've had to make really difficult decisions and people's lives were altered maybe forever because I had to clean house. Mm. And you hate that, sure. you know, but that's the reality. My uncle one time, he, he owned a ranch. Somebody asked him, how many people you got working for you now? And he said, oh, about half of them. <laughs> and, you know, that's the thing. When you're dealing with government, a lot of times you'll have people who have retired but failed to notify the department. They just they just <laughs> retired on the job. Sure. Um, and so I've done this for a long time, and it's not fun. I've got mm. angiogram scars on my wrist from all the hassle. But a lot of people, they get elected. They have these, these, these statements of principle that they either really hold or they would like to. Um, and then they get up there, and they realize you're actually the one that's going to vote. Mm. Well, Missouri has a 6.1 we're, – we're estimated to have a $6.1 billion uh, reserve uh, now, and we should give most of that back to the people. Um, that, 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 that It's not our money. And, you know, uh, so two weeks ago I told you I went to the orientation. This past week I was on the freshman tour, which is essentially the I-70 tour. And we're going across state, and I saw a lot of really cool things, talked to a lot of really uh, interesting people, but they almost to a stop had one thing in common. They all had their hand out. Mm -hmm. They all wanted more funding for this, that, or the other. And I, I, I upset some of my classmates because I said, can you show me in the Constitution where that's a role of government? I mean, we have a Missouri State Constitution that dictates what we're supposed to be doing up here. Where does this fall in an approved expenditure uh, framework? And, of course, they have no clue, and, uh, it, and it doesn't. Right. So, so, you know, just because something is cool, just because something is maybe even important, you know, if it's not a function of government, we ought not be spending money on right. it. It's not the it's not the role of the legislature <clears throat> to be charitable with other people's money. Right. Now, if you're all about it, hey, crack open your wallet and give them some money. I'm mm. I'm all, I'm I'm impressed. That's not as easy, it, and it's not as effective. So, if I give a hundred dollars to some mm. cause, that hundred dollars is a lot to me, right? But it doesn't do them any good because it's or very little good because it's a pittance of what they actually want. Whereas the, the legislature can give them a couple million dollars and make a significant right. difference. And then and and there are people that will feel good about mm. that. And the legislator can say, "Look at what I accomplished." And the the organization can say, "Look at what we're doing with it." And all that's wonderful. It's just not the function of government. Mm. And um, I. Haven't been sworn in yet. I will be. I've been sworn at, but not sworn in. Um, uh, January 4th, uh, I'll be sworn in. I'm just going to give everybody a heads up now. I'm going to be ticking some of y'all off. I promise you. And I only say that because not not my intention. Right. But in my entire career, that's mm -hmm. always been the case. Uh, I will be as consistent as I know how to be. And when... Any issue is brought before me, how do I feel about this is one of the last questions sure. I ask. It's, 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 it's absolutely irrelevant. There are so many different things that boxes have to be checked off first before I ever get to my feelings about it. <laughs> <laughs> what difference does it make how I feel?
Right. You know, is this, mm-hmm. show me, in fact, I'm never going to be Speaker of the House. Please don't misunderstand. You, you think you'll get a lot of buildings named after you oh, when you're finished? Oh, crying out loud, no. <laughs> no, I might get a I might get a taxi stand someplace named after <laughs> me. Uh, I'm never going to be Speaker of the House, but if I were, I would argue that the rules of the House need to have in them that when you present a bill, in the bill at the very beginning, you must cite which part of the Constitution gives you the authority to do what you're asking us to consider. But that, that's that, a judge's decision. No, that, oh, for, that's you know, that's for the courts to decide. And 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 you know that's part of the problem is yeah. that we've ceded right. that responsibility to the courts. That's nowhere in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. In fact, the whole Marbury versus Madison case is one of the biggest hypocrisies that the national government has ever undertaken, and we just accept it as normal because it's always been that way for as long as we've understood it. But that. That, that's that's not it. That's not in the Constitution. The whole judicial review issue. So, <clears throat> yeah, I I'm I'm uh, I'm a stickler about such things, and I think how we do things is just as important as that they be done. Years ago, I had a conversation with a lawmaker on a state level that was one of those genuine, honest individuals. And this person had relayed to me this moment of, I don't know that it was shock so much, but it was the first event or sort of caucus-style meeting with fellow Republicans. And virtually every conversation was about how to get more money out of the taxpayers, about fees and user fees. And, of course, you don't call them taxes. They're user fees. And this person. By the way, if you do it that way, the Hancock Amendment doesn't apply. Oh well, isn't that convenient? And that's that's yeah. that's why you see that happening. Yeah. So or if you often. spread it out over several years. Yeah, if you spread it out over five years, it never trigger, triggers. Yeah. So ridiculous. Um, but uh, it, it, that was a real moment of recognition of the landscape for this individual that are running as a as a Republican and. Uh, going to all of the Target barbecues and these different events where you hear these lawmakers talk about lower taxes, smaller government, but behind closed doors, it was where can we get more money out of the taxpayers? So they were going through the whole legal process, you know, and and, um, they were telling us, you know, what you can and cannot do, and they were talking about you cannot accept gifts from lobbyists. And one individual from the other side of the aisle and from a different part of the state was just flabbergasted that you can't take a Coke from a lobbyist. Was this new information to this person? Apparently it was. And uh, so anyway, we just kept having to go over this. And I'm worn (laughs) slick. I've had enough. You know, my, (laughs) my Gen X came out. And so I raised my hand. And I don't say a whole lot in these sets of circumstances. Mm -hmm. I know that's a surprise to people, but I don't. So because I was asking a question, everybody, it was an E.F. Hutton moment. Everybody stopped and turned around and looked, see what I was going to say. So when they called on me, I said, um, so let me get this straight. If I if I pay my own way, I'm okay? <laughs> he said, <laughs> said, yeah. And I got up and walked out. <laughs> I just, I said, okay, thanks. And I got up and left. And it's just like, you know, what what is wrong with the perception that people have about what it means to be a state representative? When I enter that chamber... <clears throat> the weight of what I've been tasked 
to do on behalf of my 37,700 and some odd people is, is, um, is palpable. I, Mm. I, I recognize why I'm there and I know because I know me, I know that I am not going to be the most popular guy in Jefferson city. Um, so when tax credits come up, Mm -hmm. so part of me says, okay, I totally understand if we give Mm -hmm. this business or this agricultural entity a tax credit, they're able to be more competitive, which then brings greater revenue and more jobs to the state. I totally get that. But the question of why, where in the constitution am I allowed to single out who gets tax cuts and who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Where where do I get to pick winners and losers? Right, and let's just cut everybody's taxes. The the, the ta- well, sure, because if it's if our argument is it's good over here, why would it not be good for all these these other industries? It is the greatest hypocrisy that you'll mm-hmm. see from many because mm-hmm. they say we can't cut taxes because we have all these services. Mm-hmm. Well, then why did you give it to the right. well? Those people bring in more jobs. If you know that. Mm-hmm. Cut taxes across the board, and everybody will bring in more revenue and more jobs. It's actually a a, a clever way of essentially having higher taxes for some industries than others. But you present it the other way. Like, oh, we're being the good guy by giving a cut. But but at the same time, what you're actually doing is saying, oh, I'm going to put higher taxes on you and you and you and you. By 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 default. Mm-hmm. And and you'd see this a lot in cities. And I, man, I had this conversation on many times. So you're trying to attract businesses to your cities. When you're, in a, when you're a city administrator, you know, I wasn't competing against Springfield. I was competing against Wichita. You know, other cities that mm-hmm. were of a more comparable size out of state. So you, 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 the, 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 the temptation is to try and give as many tax breaks as you can for up to 10 years, property taxes, everything like that, to attract those businesses to your community because it makes a dramatic impact. But see, the problem with that is now you got to go to the people who've been there for 30 years, sure. mom and pop organizations who may indeed be mm-hmm. put out of business because Walmart showed up. Yeah. And now what are you going to tell them? Well, you just tell them it's good for them. That's what and, they do. And, 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 you know, I wasn't the one making those decisions. Mm-hmm. The, the council was, but I was the one that had to go straighten things out. Boy, you sure get a lot of that. Those are favors. Those are absolute favors. And I, and I'm telling you, I don't want to get too far off the beaten path because I'm going to do a traffic update. And then I have another question for you. Talk with Darren Chappell this morning. I firmly believe that for all of his wrongdoings, perceived wrongdoings, potential wrongdoings, that the reason that Greitens ended up out was because of his doing away with those uh, tax credits for those that built the low-income housing, Mm -hmm. and that it was because of that all those things were used to drive him out. I firmly believe that's the case. You know, it's possible that, Mm -hmm. you know, the the, the principle that he was a goofball and what you said are not mutually exclusive. You know, I was not a fan of the governor. Uh, not, I, I liked that thing that he did. Yeah, I liked that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was not a fan of the governor, but that didn't mean that everything that he did was incorrect. Right. You Absolutely. Uh, so. right, Darren Chapel, uh, gonna get a traffic update here, and then I got a question for you. Springfield's Talk One Hundred Four One. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk One Hundred Four One. Darren Chapel with us. Uh, January four. That's the swearing in. Is that correct? Yes, sir. All right. Here's a question. 
Okay. I didn't tell you I was going to ask this ahead of time because it's something I thought of based off what you said, but also it requires self-reflection. Uh-oh. I, I, I suspect that you're pretty good at that. You, you, you had mentioned earlier that you were trying to figure out why something aggravated you so much, and so that, to me, says you do a lot of introspective you know, analysis. I am my own biggest yeah. problem. Okay. I know that. How's that? <laughs> most, and I'll say most, People who get elected after having been in there for a while are not the same person that they were when they were a candidate. Mm-hmm. They, they change. And oftentimes they will say, well, once I got there, I I learned a lot and I realized a lot of the things that uh, I believe just aren't realistic. They're not possible. Now, you have demonstrated in, in your position as an executive with a couple of different cities that you you are able to stay consistent with what most people don't. Uh, in fact, whenever I remember reading the Joplin Globe, you were up for city manager there. I said, they're never going to hire him because of your track record of actually saying, these are the things I'm going to do, and then actually doing them, even when you were told, no, we can't do it that way. Um, I, actually well, made it, I actually made it to the final two. Yes, you did make it to the final two. And, I followed that. And a gal, and a gal, one of the department heads, uh, actively uh, uh, petitioned against my oh. hiring because of something that I had tweeted years ago. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Well, whatever that tweet was, I I, I, just, I, I was I, right by the way. I, yeah. But I knew because you you know you go in, you say we got to get this budget under control, which does it means cutting things, and yeah. people get in there, and then the department heads, well, we can't do without this job, we can't do without this job, and then generally speaking, uh, that person they change they, they to their surroundings. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. What makes you different? And I'm not. Asking you to sell the fact that you're different because I already know you are. Why do you think it is that you have been able to actually do that, to not change while so many others do? This is going to drive people nuts, but here's the deal. It's because I'm a Christian. I, that's why I suspected. And, yep. and, uh, <clears throat> and <clears throat> I'm not a Christian in the sense that uh, you will occasionally see me in a church building. I'm not a Christian mm-hmm. in the sense that I tell everybody, hey, by the sure. way, I'm a Christian. Uh, I am a believer <clears throat> in the ethic of the New Testament. That that is my that is my ethical standard by which I gauge myself. I'm not anywhere near perfect. I make mistakes. I say and do dumb things on mm-hmm. a semi-constant basis. Uh, but I gauge myself by that. And when I find myself being in any way hypocritical, it it truly sickens me sure. to find myself right. that way. And so for me, when I see um, hypocrisy, when I see in, in, uh, inconsistency in myself, that's something that I really want to alter. My dad drilled into me and my siblings, drilled into us uh, honor and uh integrity um you get whipped at my house for lying quicker yeah. than anything else really i mean right. we, we my brother and i we'd smack each other all the time that wasn't a big deal but if you called somebody a liar at my house you're get you're gonna get a whipping over that yeah. deal we did not tolerate that and i won't lie to you for you or about you 
because I just I just can't stand that. So my the deal is is that I'm going to be a state representative at most for eight years, and I got to live with myself for a lot longer than that, Lord willing. And my integrity is more important to me than any bill or any position or any um, uh, payment. I, I just my integrity matters more to me, and uh, so. I want my grandchildren to be able to say when they take their tours to the Capitol and they see my picture up there on the wall, that's my granddad. And he didn't have a lot of friends up here and he didn't go to a lot of dinners and he wasn't, he, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't recognized as necessarily a nice guy all the time, but he never once sullied the family name. Darren Chapel, it's always a pleasure. Wow. And uh, January, we'll have you back, maybe. Lord, see Lord. how things are going after you've been sworn in. Anytime. Okay, I'll be home every Friday, so All just right. anytime. Good. Darren Chapel, Springfield's Talk One Hundred Four One. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk One Hundred Four One. And Darren will be in for me. What date was that? Uh, the 29th. The 29th. Yes. I'll be gone that week. There will be a number of different guests very excited about. And uh, he will be one of them this Friday. He actually on the way out mentioned, hey, I'll see you Friday. So uh, if you want to meet with, have a conversation with uh, Darren Chapel, then our Friday Roadshow at Scramblers. And it's a hero's breakfast. So veterans get breakfast free this Friday at Scramblers as we broadcast live from 6 a.m. until 9 a.m. It's as simple as that. It'll be the last one that we do have for the year, so we hope you come out and join us. News in 60 seconds. I'm Nick Reed. Some homemade pumpkin pie.